Hey, wrestling fans, this is your old buddy, Jim J.R. Ross, and today's podcast is it's going to be a slobber knocker. It's going to be an Oklahoma barroom brawl because Pete and J.R., the greatest subject ever, wrestling. So you've entered the nerd zone. Take it away, Pete and Jay. Pete, are you in the zone? I am in the zone. Wow. I think I think uh, since uh, Jim J.R. Ross gave us that intro, I think we're going to have to talk about wrestling today. Oh, good, because he said wrestling. I wasn't sure what we were talking about. Now, I know you had your heart set talking about the Smurfs, but we'll, we'll table that for another day. And we're, we're going to talk. We're going to talk wrestling or, or wrestling. Sounds great. <laughs> um, well, you know, some people might say, hey, this is a nerd podcast. Why, why are you two fine gentlemen uh, talking about wrestling? Pete, why is wrestling nerdy? What, what is it nerdy? Anything that you could talk about that's, uh, that's dopey and stupid is, is nerdy. <laughs> it's dopey and stupid. <laughs> well, and it's a lot of fun and we love it. <laughs> that's right, exactly. Well, you know, it's, you know. Anytime where you, you know, you have like these characters that are putting on, you know, that turn good, turn bad. It's, it's just like comic books. It really is. It's just live action, you know? Yeah, it is. It's a live action cartoon, a live action comic book. And uh, just remember uh, the other day when we had a big disclaimer that we're, we're not professional. We're not going to be professional today. We, we kind of have a topic uh, and we're going to try to stick to it, but this is probably just going to break down just to a general uh, love of wrestling. That's right. Spoiler alert, the, Hulk Hogan is a wrestler. That, uh, you know, factions in wrestling, and beforehand kind of discussed that probably the greatest ever was the Four Horsemen, and, and I know you've mentioned it before, Pete, but tell the folks – who, who in your mind is, is the greatest uh, Four Horsemen lineup? Uh, well, the one with Paul Roma. No, actually. Um, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> of course, Ric Flair. Of course. Arn Anderson. Double A. With his buddy Telly Blanchard. Mm-hmm. And then I like the Barry Windham Four Horsemen. Yeah, and that and that is a great lineup, and, and I'll, I won't dispute that. But for me, you know, it's uh, it's of course the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, Double A, Arn Anderson, the Enforcer, Tully Blanchard, uh, with his uh, business associate James J. Dillon, and Ole Anderson. But uh, I'm going to kind of throw you a curveball here. We were going to compare the Horsemen. I'm 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 actually gonna I'm going to get into a debate with you about. Four Horsemen versus Degeneration X. Okay. All righty. And when I'm talking Degeneration X, I'm talking uh, probably their most famous lineup of uh, Triple H, Hunter Hearst, Helmsley, uh, X-Pac, and the New Age Outlaws, uh, Road Dog Jesse James, and the badass Billy Gunn. And, of course, in their corner, China. Yeah, that's a, one hell of a group there. Uh, you know, I like both groups very much. Um, I mm-hmm. You know, I think the Horsemen really started the faction uh, trend in wrestling. I'm sure there was stuff before I was a true, like, you know, I started really watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they each have their good and bad. I mean, obviously, you, you know, the difference between the two, I think, other than Ric Flair's woo, I mean, DX gives you all these quotables. They're funny. They do all these impersonations. But I still take the Horsemen 
over DX strictly because they have X-Pac. X-Pac is a joke. <laughs> um, all righty. Well, yeah, I mean, I as far as my wrestling knowledge stretches, because I wasn't born in 1940, uh, I'm pretty sure the horsemen, <laughs> 45, exactly. So I think the horsemen were, they were pretty much probably the first maybe like well-known you know, I'm sure, you know, back in the old territory days, there were some stables and factions. They were really the first well-known faction. And I kind of yeah. look at, at DX as sort of like Horseman 2.0. Um, they kind of took that that Horseman faction and they kind of brought it to a new audience. Um, and that's really, you know, even with X-Pac in there, <laughs> um, you know, I think that's why, you know, they're so great. Um where the horsemen kind of came out and really put it in your face, how great they were. Um, DX, they kind of, they actually kind of reminded me of almost like, almost like a fraternity. They were like a fraternity. They had their own slogans. You know, they had, uh, they had all their like merchandise. DX was everywhere. It was like a lot of like rude, crude, you know, almost frat boy kind of humor. Yeah. Well, you know what it is. Mm -hmm. um, Again, that's why, I think the Horsemen, it was the time, it, you know, also got to think about the time it was on, you know, the early 80s. Um, they, you know, they focused more on wrestling and being the, that's when people thought good and bad, you know, I'm sure there's still people out there like, like Jay, Jay who thinks wrestling's real. Um, yes, it is. Know, back then, though, in the 80s, they thought wrestling was, you know, these, real and these four guys really were heels you know that but it was all about the wrestling you know where dx it's all about putting on the show um those type of thing they're you know they're making fun of uh at the time the nation of domination which i thought that was a very hilarious skit that they've done but again oh my god tri- tri- yeah triple h doing the rock with the painted on eyebrow yeah and, awesome. and i th- and i think i think there was I think there was a line where he says, like, you know, can you smell what I'm cooking? And I think, like, Road Dog was behind him as, like, D'Lo Brown or something. He's like, I'm right behind you. I definitely smell That's what you're right. cooking. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, again, at times, it was in the 90s when, at that time, DX, for us, were, were in college. And they really, like mm-hmm. you said, they're frat boys. But when it comes down to the wrestling piece of it, I really think you had the Horsemen had the two, A, the two best the one, the best tag team ever in history, with all with all, um, Arn and Tully, uh, they were the best tag team ever. Um, and then you had the greatest wrestler of all time. Yeah, exactly. That was that was X Pac, right? The greatest wrestler of well, all yeah. time. That's who you refer to. <laughs> you had three really cool guys and then one jackass. <laughs> all right. exactly. you know, and that jackass rotated and the horsemen were really got it really bad but in dx they just kept the same guy you know but yeah. uh, except the, the the initial group of dx which was china hunter mm-hmm. and Shawn michaels the three of them and then they added the jackass rick rick rude so see it, there is a pattern to this and look what happened yeah <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I never, you know, honestly, I never really thought about it that way. That you know, there there was actually almost a formula to to the faction. Oh, look yeah. what happened with NWO. NWO had 
Hall, Nash, Hogan, and then they brought some jackass in. I don't even remember. Oh, Bischoff. There we go. Number four. He's the jackass. That's a, well, actually, they, they also brought in X-Pac, uh, and he became six. And he, he, he was sort of like, uh, I guess I guess when the factions broke up, when you had like NWO Red and NWO White, it's like, okay, well, uh, you, you all right, your jack off is going to be, you know, Bischoff, and our jackass is going to be X-Pac or six or whatever he called himself. He called himself six. Really? What's up with him in numbers? Yeah. He wanted to do the X. He's the one, two, three kid. <laughs> Come on, get creative. He should be the jackass. Exactly. Kid. That's what he should be. <laughs> that's that's a very fitting name. Anyway, back me. to the Horseman and uh, DX. I'm sorry, my little rant of uh, no. Xbox, Xbox, whatever the hell his name is. He's doing porn now or whatever too. Oh God, he 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 has really hit hard times. Oh, um, I actually remember watching. I think on VH1 they had a a show called The Surreal Life where they took kind of like washed up celebrities and you know it was almost like a real world kind of thing they stick them in a house and there was one season uh where you know uh china i, I think laura i think her name is Lori. um her name was Lori. i can't really uh but because like for legal reasons like she called herself china right um because wwe owned the name china um and there was like a really cringeworthy episode where you know, she's she she was very open. You know, she talked about pretty much when her wrestling career fell apart. You know, she did porn. Uh, she did a lot of drugs. She was really trying to clean herself up. And she's really bonding with the other housemates. And who shows up but a drunk Sean Waltman, a.k.a. X-Pac, six-pack, one, two, three kid, lightning kid, whatever you want to call him. And it was it was a train wreck. Yeah. Uh, well, he's a train wreck. I mean, he always has been. He, he, yeah, yeah, he really was. But, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, I think around the time when DX came out, I think one of the big reasons I liked them is I was still a Horseman fan, but they were trying to keep it going. And that was I think that was around the time when it was like Ric Flair. Arn Anderson was still there, but he couldn't wrestle anymore. Uh, they had Chris Benoit, who I loved as a wrestler, but I mean, the guy couldn't put two words together. <laughs> And I think, and I think they had Steve Mongo McMichael, which former NFL star, who his big claim to fame was he had a hot wife yeah. that that Stone Cold Steve Austin ended up marrying. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that was probably the last time they actually had a decent four horsemen. Yeah, it was it was pretty decent. I mean, you know, Arn Anderson couldn't wrestle anymore. He was pretty beat up. He had a long career. Benoit was a great wrestler um and Dean Malenko was part of Steve, that uh, Dean Malenko was a part yeah. of that and he was a, and it was another one too you know the shame of that one was is you had two great workers you know in, in Benoit and Malenko that you know it's like keep the mic away from them because they, they can't say anything exactly <laughs> you know and then you had DX that was coming out and they were doing skits um did you ever see the uh the time that they invaded WCW, they like they launched an offensive on the WCW. Yeah, yeah they came with the tank. Yes, yep. yes. I mean, uh, again, like we said, the Horsemen and the DX. The horsemen were more wrestling, and DX is just like you know, like I said, frat boys just making war, <laughs> <laughs> making love. And That's war. right. <laughs> okay, so 
Now let's just keep the faction talk going. Like, what other what other great factions were out there that you uh, enjoyed uh, uh, in your long my uh, long wrestling career. wrestling career? I, yes, I do love you know again during college uh, the mm-hmm. the Attitude Era when Hulk Hogan finally turned bad. Um, I was one of the few people happy that he turned bad, but the, the initial, mm-hmm. the original NWO, uh, the three wrestlers there, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Hulk Hogan. Love that, love that group, and they really did battle with the popularity with DX and with um, WWE at the time. So that group right there, I mean, they're all great wrestlers on their own, but then as as a group, unstoppable. Yeah, and I mean, it, it really. I mean, I think that really turned wrestling on its ear and really kind of you know thrust it back into the into the limelight uh because i even remember that whole angle with uh hall and nash coming in and, and around that time i was really losing interest i was losing interest in wrestling um wcw was getting lame wwe was was pretty lame they hadn't really started their attitude era just yet and i i remember it was the big pay-per-view they're gonna have their mystery partner i didn't even watch it i didn't care and uh friend of mine who was into it was like hey did you hear who their mystery partner was and i was like no and i really don't care and it was like it was hulk hogan and i was like get out of here i i i I somehow was able to see it you know like a a recording of it and i was blown away i i tuned in for that monday nitro when they came out as the nwo and yeah those those three that's that's a great faction right yeah, there. You know the thing with NWO and unfortunate kind of kind of felt the same way the Horsemen did. Um, you know they started making changes. People, you know, obviously, I'm sure there was some backstage talks about Hogan getting too much or Nash, whatever. Um, as they as the year and the year the years went by, you know everybody became NWO. I mean, Bret Hart was NWO for crying out loud. So, and Sting, I mean, that part when Sting first came back was really cool when he was battling mm-hmm. NWO, but again, as, as we learn with all these factions, as they keep progressing, they keep getting worse. I think DX actually was probably the best at not changing too much. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, like you said, I think I think the, the what really did the NWO in is the fact they got they got bloated like everybody. And I could understand it. I mean, it was the coolest thing going around. Everybody wanted to be in the NWO. Dusty Rhodes joined the NWO. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you think about it, if you put all your top stars in this evil faction, you know, all you have left are like mid and low card guys to battle it out. And it's like, well, that's no fun. Well, yeah, I mean, at that time and and the WCW, you had Goldberg, NWO and the cruiserweights. It, you know, it. It really did. That's what destroyed this. I really believe destroyed the WCW, making the WWE purchase them. I mean, it, it really fell apart. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny that you mentioned that because I would remember tuning in, and you know, their shows would usually start off. NWO comes out, they do their thing. That's great, and then you would see two or three cruiserweight matches, which I would love because they were some talented guys and you, you just got the feeling that WCW 
really didn't care. They're just like, oh, we got to fill a two-hour program. Uh, get some small Mexican guys out there, jump around for 15 minutes. Uh, you know, that'll kill that's us. That's right. That's right. And I even remember uh, our mutual friend, uh, John from Freehold, he would, uh, he would come over sometimes. We would watch it. And I would sit there and I would tell him, like, you know, Chris Benoit is an amazing wrestler. Uh, a young man by the name of Chris Jericho. I'm like, he's a great wrestler. And he would be like, you got to be kidding me. He's, and I said, no, you watch. He is going to be something. And he went on to have a phenomenal career in the WWE. And it's funny that you mentioned Chris Jericho. Actually, uh, fat guys have met Jericho. Just to throw that in there. <laughs> oh, that that is awesome because he was he was always one of my favorite wrestlers. I felt that WCW literally did nothing with him. Um, and one of the things he said that was great about it is, you know, in one of his I, I read because I think he put out about two or three books. I know I, I read one of them and he said in it, he said that he, he was like, yeah, you know, Bischoff and all them didn't care about us. So they were sort of like. You have 15 minutes to fill, cut your own promos, put to, put together your own matches. So he said it really made him become creative. They they pretty much were like, you have, you know, carte blanche, do what you want. We really don't care because we just have to get to the main event. We have to get to the NWO. Just, just fill time for us. So he said he really got to hone his craft. So when he got to the WWE, I mean – yeah, why, I was a Jericho Hall. Y two J. I mean, again, yeah. When you look at the progression of him, he used to come out with the big ponytail. He let the fans touch him. I was kind of like questioning Chris Jericho for a while there. Oh, oh yeah, you know? oh yeah. When he used to, he used to pin himself up against the, uh, like that, the the divider, and all the guys were like slapping his yeah. chest, and I was like, yeah, uh, <laughs> he reminds me of. He probably closely reminds me to. Shawn Michaels, who, you know, Shawn Michaels' mm-hmm. career as the Rock with the Rockers, which was a horrible, horrible tag oh. team, um, a oh. really poor version of the Rock and Roll Express. But, uh, oh, absolutely. Again, Shawn Michaels <laughs> broke away, started doing his own thing, and, and he's, he's probably one of the most popular wrestlers ever. He's one of my favorite, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. But you see it in Jericho, too. He progressed from being that pretty boy. Uh, let everybody touch me type of thing to this, you know, charismatic. I can't say the word. Um, yeah, but they <laughs> loved him. the fans. Loved him. Good, bad, and different. They loved him. They loved Shawn Michaels. So, yeah, and 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 you know, another sort of parallel between the two of them is when they really started to come into their own. They didn't just keep one gimmick and try to like stretch it out for years. Like as the times changed, they changed, you know, because you look at like Chris Jericho with the whole Y2J and then not too long ago with his list, you know, coming out. You know, you just made the list. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's, um, that's the, the low point for him, I think. <laughs> you, you think, oh, so? I think so? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he had this he had a show, you know, the, the Jericho show. I forgot what it was called. Um I'm like, everybody's trying to be Piper with these shows. No one did it better. Don't even try, you know? So I... I oh, Piper's yeah, a pick, Piper's absolutely. Pick, you know, that's the greatest wrestling interview show that there was. You know, the, 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 the clip, so to speak. So, but yeah, I mean, he definitely... Jericho definitely um, has changed himself over and over again um, to make himself what he is. And again, when John and I met him, he was, he mm-hmm. wasn't overly like egotistical, but he was. You could tell that he, he you know he 
He's like, I'm better than being here. But he was, but he was definitely <laughs> friendly. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of meeting wrestlers, and uh, let's let's just roll with it. I uh, years back, I got to see a, a WWE card out on Long Island, uh, Nassau Coliseum. It was a house show, and a friend of mine who had got me tickets said, "Listen, come like an hour early." Uh, a friend of mine, he normally he works security, but it's his day off. He's going to try to get us back to meet, you know, some of the wrestlers. And this was back when you didn't even have cameras on your cell phone or anything. So I showed up an hour early. I figured nothing's probably going to come of this. Well, we were able to kind of go to the backstage area to, to a point and sort of like near a tunnel where the wrestlers were kind of going back and forth to the locker room. Some of them, they, they would wave, they would say hi. Um, a couple of them would come over and talk. Uh, and I got to talk like for like two minutes to like Billy Kidman, who was a really nice guy. And then I see this massive mountain of a man come out. Uh, Mark Calloway, AKA the undertaker. And I got to meet the undertaker and I was both scared and excited <laughs> at the same time. He's a very scary <laughs> man. <laughs> he is. And it's like, I know it's like, you know, going in, he's six foot 10 and I'm like, well, I'm six two. So he's eight inches taller. That's like, you know, a little bit over half a foot. I'm like, the guy's nine feet taller than me. <laughs> and I saw him. He was talking to some people, and he was kind of like making his way down. And I'm like, what am I going to say to him? What am I going to say to him? So he came over, and he was just like, hey, thanks for coming to the show. Um, I hope you really enjoy it. And I said, you know, I said, uh, Mr. Calloway. And he's like, no, no, call me Mark. And I was so intimidated. I just called him Mr. Calloway the entire time. <laughs> And I said, I remember watching you on world-class championship wrestling from Texas. And he kind of like, his eyes went wide, like, people know about that? And, and I can't tell you, he was the nicest, nicest guy you'll ever want to meet. Very soft-spoken. Uh, he really took time to meet whoever was back there to spend like five minutes talking with them. And he just, just a great guy. Now, wasn't he one of the members of the Twin Towers at one point in time? And I brought that up. I said, uh, you know, he was a member. I, I forget if it was the Twin Towers or the Skyscrapers. Yeah, well, it was yeah. him. It was him and Sid. He was Mean Mark, and he was with Psycho Sid that's Vicious. That's right, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, the Skyscrapers. Yeah. That's who they were. I remember those days. Again, that's been, to bring it all the way back, wrestling, mm -hmm. its heyday was the early 80s, mid 80s, where you had NWA, and you had WWF, and you, you it was like watching two different. Obviously, it was two different, but it was like two different mm -hmm. forms of wrestling. Does that make sense? Is that oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I know exactly what you what you. Yeah, well, what 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 was your opinion around that time? What was your opinion of the WWF at that time? Well, you know, again, you had a lot of the the gimmicky guys. You know, you had a a garbage man who come out and and wrestle you or whatever it may be. Um, and you had Hulk Hogan, who was really like the god of all wrestling uh, at that point in time, <laughs> Thund yeah. Thunderlips and all. And uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of what WWE was. But I, you know, they always had WrestleMania was always my favorite time of the year when I was younger. My buddy mm -hmm. and I would we'd sit and we we get it at his house or my house, and we and we watch it and we'd be in awe. Um, but again, I thought it was a little bit more gimmicky now that. NWA, I probably liked more because it was a little bit more scarce for me to watch it. Like it was hard to find it on mm -hmm. TV. I liked that it was 
intimate. You have, remember the the house show, always on Saturday mornings. They were in that the wrestling the wrestling ring was in the studio with like sixty five people. You know. Oh yeah. You know, and it was it was fantastic. And then the first time I saw the Four Horsemen, I'm like, well, oh, these guys are the shit. Ooh, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot to hit the. Uh, yeah, sorry. Forgot to hit the alarm there. No, that's okay because you know I. I it's something you get passionate about. And the same here. I remember, cause I think when I discovered, you know, because the NWA, their show was called world championship wrestling and it eventually morphed into WCW. I, I just remember, yeah, I was tired of like, Oh, it's now they have a wrestling clown and a wrestling policeman. Yeah, exactly. And like, and I'm like, I'm not eight years old anymore. I want something better. And yeah, like seeing Ric Flair come out, screaming and yelling you know you know my watch costs more than you make in a year and i remember like you know okay he's supposed to be the bad guy and i'm supposed to hate him you know but i like the guy because i was jealous because i i wanted to be rick flair yeah. oh absolutely i wanted to be the yeah i wanted to be the champ and and, and all that and you, you know and i hated the fact that he was the champ but at the same time, like I liked him, like he 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 was sort of like like an anti-hero, if you will. Yeah, he was legendary, you know. And then his battles with uh, with Sting and Dusty Rhodes, and you know the the matches between Tully Blanchard and Magnum T.A. Those you know, the Rockwell oh, yeah. Express. Those are some great times. And I'll tell you, one of the things you know, we mentioned WCW and NWA and wwe fe whatever the heck they are whatever letter they decide they want to be today. <laughs> uh, i remember when i was younger if i got to see the awa with the von erics and the, like they would be on tv every once in a blue moon and that's where like the scott halls came from and uh yeah you know, scott hall turning on um he turned on greg gagne whole those wrestlers too that that, that whole era is so much better than it is now uh, mm-hmm. but again it, the people have changed obviously as life changes we know this the the things change but um the 80s wrestling there's nothing better oh absolutely and i think really what made it great is the fact the problem i feel that that is nowadays is you have the wwe and that's it i mean i think is tna even still around that's a good question i don't know yeah, impact rest that's impact wrestling right it's it's impact wrestling now i think and it barely gets any exposure the wwe has no competition whatsoever back then that was kind of the heyday of the territories where and the same thing i remember i think i think awa i think they would like randomly put up a show on espn and kurt henning that's the first time i ever saw kurt yes, henning yeah. you know before he became mr perfect which was actually when he came to the wwf and became mr perfect that was a great persona for yes. him. Uh, he definitely was. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, a lot of these guys come from, you know, from these other, like, you know, like you talked with uh, Undertaker in Texas and those type of things. You don't have a lot of that now. I mean, again, I have yeah. several friends that watch wrestling. And, you know, I went, to a, I went to see WrestleMania last year at a friend's house. I haven't seen WrestleMania mm-hmm. in years. And um, we're watching it, and he's like, this is going to happen here. And he's like, and it happens. And he's like, everything is online now. You know, who's going to win before it, ha- you know, before it happens where, you know, you had to, when you were younger, the shock and awe of 
Sting losing to Ric Flair, it's like, what's going on? Now it's like, oh, okay. You know, and then WrestleMania went from 25 uh, matches to 10 and 25 promos. Yeah. Yeah, and talking about the shock and awe, I mean, I can remember on that NWA, like on, on their uh, World Championship Wrestling program, watching um, the Rock and Roll Express defend their tag team titles against uh, Rick Rude and Manny Fernandez and losing. Yeah. On, on TV. And, like, I had never seen that before because on the WWF shows, the Hart Foundation would come out and they would defend their tag team titles against, like, Barry Horowitz and Moondog Rex. And it's like, well, who's going to win this match? Yep. And I was like, I, I just I, – I was – I was devastated because I was a big fan of the rock and roll express. And I'm like, but, but they lost the titles on TV. That's not supposed to happen. No, no you're right. And you never saw that with, uh, I mean, Hulk Hogan was a champion for like 20 years. He never lost a match. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I think one of our next shows when we, uh, we should talk about the greatest tag teams of all time, because we can have a probably like six or seven podcasts about, the greatest. Tag. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, you know, Oh, absolutely. I just love the rock and roll express too. I mean, again, like we said, going back to the NWA and I can't say it enough because I am saying it a lot. And <laughs> wrestling is a lot better than it is today. And the horsemen are better than any other faction that there is out there. Or will be there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, because they really started it off for everybody, you know, uh, a lot of factions like, to me, like I said, DX for me was Horseman 2.0. They, they took what they did and they brought it into the Attitude Era. Um, and then if you look like individually, you know, if you look at like Ric Flair, I'm sure there are plenty of wrestlers who who could basically point to him and say, like, he inspired me. I patterned myself after him. I mean, still to this day, you'll you'll cut to like NFL locker rooms and they're getting themselves pumped up doing his, you know, I'm a limousine riding, you know, Rolex wearing jets. Like, they're pumping themselves up with Ric Flair speech. Absolutely. I, I go to baseball games, and one of the local uh, minor league teams, at, at, mm-hmm. at, at the end of every inning, they're doing the Ric Flair woo, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he has definitely uh, inspired a lot of his sayings and whatever else have inspired a lot of – other things other than wrestling. But, you know, with the faction piece, are there factions today? Because I don't even know. I, I mean, I watch wrestling very sparingly um, just because it is, it's so formulaic now. Um, you know, you talk about guys having catchphrases. It's like, I feel like every, every time, uh, the big one that people w- were talking about a while back was this guy, Enzo Amore who would come out and I'm like, okay, he's saying the same lines every week. Like, he sounds like come up with something new, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't think there even are factions. And I, and, and, and I mean, I think it's maybe more tag teams uh, or, you know, maybe a couple of guys get together to, to jump somebody, but there's no sort of like set in stone. There's no horsemen. There's no DX. I, I just don't see. Well, I know that there used to be a, a group called the Shield, um, and they. But the thing mm-hmm. is, like all these guys, now, it's everybody's turning on each other like every ten minutes. Uh, where you know you had relationships, fact, the fact, the Horsemen, if they cha- if they turned on each other, 
it would be like shock and awe. I mean, I remember when absolutely when when this is when Barry William Barry Windham joined the Horsemen when him mm-hmm. and Luger were fighting against uh, Tully and Arn for the tag team championship, and Barry Windham turned on him and they lost the titles. Yep. And the next thing, the next episode, guess what? Barry Windham was the the new member of the Horsemen. That's that was very rare at the time. Now you know. They turn on each other every ten minutes. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's sort of like they saw those great ideas, you know, from the eighties, and they're just doing them to death. They're like, "Oh, Ric Flair had some catchphrases. All right, I'm going to give you a catchphrase now. Just say it for the next two years." You know, oh, it was shock and awe when I mean, I remember when um, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff turned on Hulk Hogan. He like clotheslined him in the middle of the ring, did the pot like it was shock and awe. And now it's like every five minutes, this guy's turning on that guy. And then he turns on that guy and his friends with the other guy. It's like, it's, there's, there's nothing surprising. Every 10 minutes, not every five minutes. Let's get that correct. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, it's true. <laughs> I mean, how, how many times have the, have the uh, McMahons turned on one? Oh, another? I mean, yeah, this, and the, the storylines are just horrendous. Uh, uh, that's another show also. <laughs> No, that is that is a, we were talking about factions, right? Yes, we started with factions. Again, people, we are not professionals. We don't have a script. Sorry. <laughs> Spoiler. Alert. No, but we're definitely. But I think I think the fans out there know that we're we're two guys that you know we we love certain things and we love to talk about it. And I really hope, like you guys here, that that love and passion for these things. I hope it really comes through in the podcast. Yeah, because... You think we're both morons and just move on with it, but. Anyway, tell us about that in our reviews. We'd love to hear it because if we're morons, yeah. we'll do it more often. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If you want more uh, uh, celebrity guests to appear, uh, let us know. I'll see if I can book some. Well, I mean, listen, you, uh, Jim Ross is – thank you for doing the show, but uh, you're probably like a D-celebrity. I was hoping for like a macho man or something come down from the heavens and, and grace us with his presence. Because uh, uh, I think the Macho Man's throat's a little hoarse today, so I, I don't think uh, he was able to show up. <laughs> <laughs> he might appear. He might appear another day. Oh boy! All right, there we go. <laughs> There's a faction, the Mega, the Mega Powers. Yeah, they were a faction. <laughs> there was something. They, they, you could definitely say that. Yes, absolutely. So let's, uh, so let's uh, do a couple plugs here, Jay, real fast. Uh, Go right okay, ahead. Okay, well, listen, guys, you're listening to Enter the Nerd Zone. Don't forget to listen to us, hopefully, more more often than not. And then we have our partners in crime out there, uh, The Nerd and Me, which they just did a great uh, a great show on The Jedi, I believe. And Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I haven't listened. I haven't listened because uh, I haven't watched it, and they – they do spoil it, but they, they do a great job on, on all their on all their episodes. Hey, just so you know, Darth Vader is Luke's father. I don't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> so listen listen to those guys because they're really great, uh, John and Alan. And then, uh, of course, listen to Fat Guys in a Little Coat. Uh, look for us uh, to come out soon with some more stuff. Um, and uh, that's it. John? Jay? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's – yeah, I do think that's it. Um, you know, again, you can find us everywhere. You can still find us here on Anchor, which does have a call-in feature. So if you want to call in, leave comments, you know, reminisce about wrestling. Uh, tell us how great we are. Tell us we're morons. 
make suggestions. Uh, content permitting, we'll put you on the air. Uh, we're also on iTunes where you can rate and review us. It would be nice that I log into iTunes and, and see a review. <laughs> that would be nice, absolutely. First, first review will get a hearty handshake from us. That's right. Somehow. I will put on even more of a worse show for you if you even put a review in there. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you could you could also find us on Google Play and on Overcast. Oh, there we go. Um, oh, and we, there you go. And we will have a website and some Facebook pages coming soon. So look for that. And as long as we can get the name together, we're all good. Enter the Nerd Zone doesn't seem to be liked by uh, Jay, so I will change it to something else. <laughs> and uh, we'll go from there. Absolutely. And uh, who knows? Maybe more surprises yet to come. Yeah, maybe we'll get some guests. More guests. Maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, there he is. He showed up. There he is. <laughs> well, Jay. World's, wor- uh, world's, world's greatest Slim Jim. Uh, oh, that's where I saw him from. Slim Jim commercials. That's right. Yep. And the hot wife. And the star. And the hot wife. Used to have. And the, that's right. And the star of Spider-Man. The first Spider-Man movie. That's another show, too. He's probably the best uh, bad guy that Spider, <laughs> that spider series had. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Boom saws ready. I uh, that's just just what, what when I saw I was like, oh my god, Spider Man's gonna wrestle the Macho Man. <laughs> How great is that? I was just thinking, where's the wizard that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I well, at that time Maybe uh, not. might not have been in a good place. Yeah, <laughs> very true. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jay. Well, yes, sir. You're gonna say something. <laughs> I was gonna say I think it's time to wrap it up. Yeah, I think it's time to wrap it up. So. Uh, same bat time. Same bat channel. Batman, if you're listening, do not sue us. <laughs> Take it easy, Jay. I'll talk to you later. All right, bye.